0: Welcome brother friends, this is the Wrestle Wolf Weekly Podcast, I'm Dr. Damien Gibson and joining me as always to go through all the happenings of this week in the wrestles is a man who has been knighted for his services to wrestling, it's Sir Matthew Kayfabe.
1: Hello, how are you going?
0: I'm good man, Uh, I've got to say that uh, Dr. Baker DMD shirt that you've got on the Michael Jordan one is spectacular.
1: It's aging well. It's a, the first AEW shirt I got. It's
0: actually a, it's actually a really fucking cool shirt. I think it might be the first got- wrestling shirt ever that's <laughs> actually genuinely <laughs> cool.
1: Well, I've been like every couple of days, I look at the Eddie Kingston shirts on a uh, on the on, on AEW shop or on pro wrestling tees. And I'm like, if Eddie Kingston oh, yeah. has one shirt that doesn't look absolutely disgusting, I'm going to buy it in half a second.
0: I was going to say, what's Eddie's uh, style? I imagine it's like late 90s gangster rap.
1: It's it's the kind of T-shirt you could wear with a full FUBU tracksuit, Yes.
0: Yeah, that's what I was imagining. Is it like uh, replicas of like um, knockoff two-pack shirts?
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They're not good.
0: Yeah, that's what I imagined. <laughs> that's what I yeah. imagined. The only shirt I only wrestling shirt I think... Oh, actually, I've got a New Japan shirt that's actually kind of cool, but it looks like I work for New Japan. It's got like a little Japanese flag on the left breast and then like the New Japan logo on the right breast. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, which I really shirt. like,
0: but it does it's- genuinely look like I'm someone's. It's not a polisher; it's a T-shirt, but it does look like I'm someone's young boy. So if I was walking around behind a wrestler, it would literally look like I, you know, needed to bring out a spray can of cool air and ice packs. <laughs> uh, There's my Brett, uh, the Hitman '80s T-shirt that's kind of cool, with Brett uh, looking like a giant dork on it.
1: fine. Depends
0: how you define cool. That's how I define cool. <laughs> well,
1: fair
0: enough. Then that's that's fair. <laughs> so that's the end of that conversation. <laughs> well,
1: see you. See uh, you speaking of conversation.
0: <laughs> speaking of conversations, uh, we had some releases this week. Uh, I feel like this is just going to be a weekly, <laughs> a weekly thing. Uh, from WWE, um, we probably shouldn't joke around. I, the only reason I feel like we can joke around with this, with this class, the class of 2021, um, is that they're all going to get jobs immediately. Uh, I don't think there's anyone in this group that is going to be like, oh, what am I going to do in wrestling? No one's interested in me. Um, I thought we could quickly go through them, see where we both think they might go, what we've heard, uh, and then, you know. This is still pretty much an AEW podcast. So, whether they'd come to AEW or not, um, the biggest surprise is Braun Strowman, right? What did you think about that?
1: Um, look, it doesn't excite me at all. Like, I think, you know, like, obviously, there's a lot of stuff about WWE possibly being sold, which is, you know, we're going to talk about in a second. Um, I think it's more likely they're probably just cutting costs before they go on the road. But, uh, look, I am. I would not be excited to see Braun Strowman anywhere, uh, but he did have a couple of runs where he really got over. And he is legitimately huge. Hmm. He's not terrible in the ring. Like you know, having him as a traveling giant, like you know, Andre was in like 1972, is not the worst thing in the world. Like if he pops up on AEW for two months, then he goes to New Japan for two months. Like if he goes to A, that Billy Gunn is AEW's like giant at the moment. Like have, giving them a real giant, not a not a bad idea. Um, and you know, just having him, you know, torment whoever. Having you know, having Miro have to face Braun Strowman and beat him. And you know how the fuck's he going to do that? He's literally double his size. Like that's cool. Um, you know, then he goes to New Japan for a couple of months. Then he goes to Impact. Uh, you know, then he goes to CMLL. That he comes back again in a year to AEW for a couple of months. Totally cool with that.
0: The um, the the person that I heard mentioned Braun Strowman's name this morning that I thought was interesting, and it, and it's it's been a while since we've brought his name up, so I thought both of us would be pretty happy about it. Billy Corgan said that there would be a spot for him at NWA, <laughs> which is, I mean, duh, there's a spot for anyone at NWA at the moment. But uh, I could see, like Billy doesn't usually mention wrestlers by name unless <laughs> he's had some sort of conversation with. Has Billy been away for a year? This is the first I've heard. How about you address the fact that you had a seven episode run of NWO Power in in the last <laughs> in the last two months? I'm just glad I didn't that see I'm- Braun Strowman going to NWA. Is- but- he might
1: be exiting. N- no. But he might be exiting his Zeitgeist period of NWA and sort of hitting Oceana, where it's it's good. It's not it's not like it used to be, but it's it's good, and like it, that's good enough at this point. So maybe that's where well, NWA is going.
0: The last season of NWA Power was an EP. So start with recording enough material for an album and then put that out. You know,
1: I think we can uh, all say yeah. that that has never been Billy Torgan's problem being too <laughs> too glib. That's true. not having enough material. There,
0: the Pumpkins are releasing two albums this year and one is a double album, right? That's absurd. I'm pretty sure that's correct. I'm pretty sure that's correct. Uh, and James has never
1: looked more miserable. <laughs> he might be in the in the uh hall of fame for musicians who if they cut down if they if they could just make a 10 song album every time they'd be, you know, significantly <laughs> yeah. higher up that tier. Like I love Melancholy, man, but like whew, there's some rough moments on Melancholy that could go away.
0: Uh, compa- well, yeah, yeah, but comparative to everything that comes after it, it's, you know, a masterpiece. A couple, of,
1: <laughs> a couple of those songs could end up on a door. You know, a couple of the songs on um yeah. Machina Two could end up on Machina. Like you
0: know, there's yeah. there's if it was a twelve song album, Melancholy Vulcan's would be one of there. the greatest rock albums of all time.
1: Yeah, yeah. true. Instead of true, Oasis 52, were like that as well, uh, where they track. kept
0: putting all the. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, Oasis are the same sort of band where, like, for 10 years, they kept putting their best songs out as (laughs) B-sides. Like, every time you buy an Oasis single, like, the two B-sides would be like, these songs fucking rule. And then they'd bring out an album like Be Here Now, and none of those songs would be on the album. And you're like, what is going on? Why is Magic Pie on this album? When when you had Acquiesce as a B-side to roll with it, it just makes no sense whatsoever. And Weezer were another band I wanted to bring up, whereas if they could bring out one album every four years instead of four albums every one year, they'd still be one of the yes. best rock bands going around.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the, on the B-sides, the Red Hot Chili Peppers released the, I, like, look, as a 15-year-old, I really liked the album Blood Sugar Sex Magic. I'm going to suggest that in 2021, there is almost nothing about that album that is uh, uncancelable. Like, it might be the most cancelable popular album ever made. However, Soul to Squeeze, absolute fucking ripper song, and it was a B-side.
0: Well, no, it was on the Conehead soundtrack. It was the lead single on the Conehead soundtrack.
1: But it was a B side to um, Oh god, it, it was a it started as a B side, I'm almost certain of it. I'm Googling it right uh, now. This is this is this is live uh, Oh my god. If it's if it's the main song on the Conehead soundtrack, that means the Conehead soundtrack is the best Red Hot Chili Peppers album. Um, it was used, <laughs> used as a B side on the single to rules, give it away. Album? No, I don't, I don't think so, man. Um, it was a B-side on the singles to give it away and under the bridge.
0: And uh, you know who cares if something's cancelable? Who cares if people on Twitter like it or not? It's still a great rock record.
1: Nah, it's it's real iffy. Like it's it's uncomfortably iffy. It's like the album Ryan Adams made about his divorce, where you're like, oh, wait a sec, he was like massively abusive during that relationship. It's just iffy, it's real iffy.
0: Anyway, yeah, it, it's art, and the people consuming the art don't get to decide what the songwriter oh. was thinking when they wrote the song. So, I'm not uh, sure
1: you next can say we've Blood got... Sugar, next magic's art. But anyway, let's go to the next.
0: Well, it's music released on an album, so I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> uh, the next uh, person we've got here is Buddy Murphy, uh, the Australian wrestler who I really love. It's supposedly Kenny Omega loves. So, so uh, I was. Colt Hollick was saying during the week that uh, Kenny Omega repeatedly has said on the record that if he could wrestle one person from WWE, it would be Buddy Murphy. So, I think we can almost guarantee that he will be an AW at some point uh, in the future.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm, look, I don't know. I'm, I don't know if I've ever seen a Buddy Murphy match. Um, I think he sort really? of coincides with my loss of interest in wwe i think he left nxt when i sort of started watching nxt again he was in a tag team
0: yeah he's one of the few wrestlers in recent history who had like a better run on the main roster than his nxt run (laughs) i mean his nxt run was uh, he was in the tag team and alexa bliss was like their manager uh and then bliss went up uh, and so they oh, were just sort of rattling that. around in NXT. Yeah, they were just rattling around in NXT for a bit. Then he went up, and he wasn't really doing much. He was like on 205 live. He got really buff. He did like a Will Ospreay and like got himself up to like heavyweight, I suppose, or at least light heavyweight, sort of because he was a lot leaner than he is now. Uh, and then he had a run uh, where he was in a um, feud with Alistair Black about a year and a half, two years ago. And those guys had some of the best, I suppose you would call it strong-style matches I've seen on WWE television ever. Um, And then, of course, both of them. Oh, and then, actually, sorry, Buddy Murphy went on to, he was like Seth Rollins' disciple for a bit in that Monday Night (laughs) Messiah thing that Seth was doing for a while. Uh, But he played that role really well of like the sort of sniveling bodyguard sort of thing. Yeah.
1: yeah, and I, uh I just haven't like I just wasn't then, watching just, the main roster during this period.
0: But yeah, it just has not been used uh really at all in the last twelve months. Just one of those things where like if he did watch WWE, which I try not to as much as I do, but anyway, uh he <laughs> just disappeared. He, he, he ended up in this horrible feud with, like, Rey Mysterio and then, like, Rey's daughter. Like, this wrestler was playing Rey's daughter and she, he- Anyway, awful. Just typical. So, um I think if he gets- I think he'll probably also go to Japan because he's one of those kind of guys that, that loves strong style wrestling. You can just tell from the way he wrestles. Um. I just hope he gets a clear run. I just hope he gets a clear run at actually being able to, to wrestle because he's done everything but that in the last two years in WWE. And, um, uh, yeah, I just I just hope he does. <laughs> I don't really care where he goes because I think he's so good that he'll elevate whatever roster he's on. Um,
1: wow. That's which- enormous praise.
0: Well, yeah, he's great, man. Like, he just really is. He's only- um, I think this is probably more about me than it is about him. I find, outside of the Iconics, I find anyone doing a promo in an Australian accent really grating. Ruby Riott, Bronson do, Reed, Charlie Murphy. We,
1: have, we do have, like, absolutely terrible uh, cultural cringe in Australia. Yeah, I don't know if yeah, other countries have cultural cringe the same way we do. Americans Ruby Riott's not Australian. Do. No, 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 they definitely do not.
0: No, Ruby Riott isn't. No, I was saying Buddy Murphy. Did I say, oh, no, I mean, did I say Ruby Riott? I meant uh, Rhea Ripley.
1: Oh, yeah, I agree. It's the only thing about Rhea Ripley that I'm like, oh, why can't she be from another country?
0: <laughs> yeah, because it's just the accent, especially when they get real
1: angry. I'm going to stomp <laughs> on you, Charlotte.
0: I can't handle it. I can't, <laughs> I can't handle it. Uh reminds me of being 15. Yeah, it does. Bronson Reed. I'm so happy he's North American champion in NXT, but it's the same thing when he cuts a promo of like, oh, I'm Bronson Reed. Like, oh, no, you sound like a Simpsons character to- <laughs> you sound like an American <laughs> trying to do an Australian accent. Uh anyway, Buddy Murphy is great. Um, and I'm sure other people don't notice it, but for us Australians, we're probably a bit like, ugh. Uh Alistair Black. What is what the fuck, Alistair Black and Selena Vega? What a weird, weird story the two of these guys are with WWE over the last twelve months. Do you want to see Alistair Black on AEW, Matthew?
1: Yep. (laughs) I I don't (laughs) have much to say about it. I just, you know, I think he's great. I would love to see him there. He's got a lot to give.
0: Um. I know you don't have to book a wrestler uh, like Alistair Black as either a heel or a face. It's probably- he's probably a tweener, but wouldn't it be cool to see him as, like, just a really destructive, uh, uh, heel for a bit so he can actually Well, I mean, he could just be dark Undertaker. Yeah.
1: Um... The, the the releases sort of get a little bit less like a you know we've got Ruby Riot who we mentioned earlier like I'm sure she'll end up I think she'd be great like really
0: completely un- another wrestler that's just completely underutilized you could see that she had all the talent in the world and another person um who supposedly is loved by everyone on the roster and that just mm. none of that's been taken into account to the point where The Rock uh like gave her a shout out yeah, on Instagram sort of. yesterday. So um anyway, do I'm you, sure
1: Do you know who Santana Garrett is? Uh
0: yeah, she was on NXT. She had this weird headband power gimmick.
1: <laughs> oh
0: good. <laughs> yeah. But she could wrestle, like she's definitely I I the word is that she'll go to Impact.
1: Okay, that makes sense. They've got a good women's division
0: there. Uh, yeah, man. Impact, you could do a lot worse than find a home at, at Impact if you're a, a free agent at the moment. Um, mm. Lana's going to go straight to AEW and be Miro's valet, right?
1: I think that's really good. Like, I think like the one thing that Lana has ever done that's interesting is be Miro's valet. Uh, then they tried to, they broke them up for absolutely no reason. They tried to turn Lana into, you know, this weird baby face. And then she was a heel for a while. But she's just always been consistently bad in any other role. But fuck, she was great as Miro's ballet.
0: Mm. Will, will she, will the Russian accent reappear?
1: Fuck, I hope so. <laughs> and then she'll fight, then they'll fight Cody. And like lose in oh, twenty. Imagine seven how angry Cody will get when match. there's.
0: Imagine how angry Cody will get when there's two people with a Russian accent on the roster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he <he'll- laughs> um, So this all of this conjecture has led to people, uh, including yourself and myself, really feeling like. WWE are prepping themselves to sell.
1: I think that's uh, a, I think that's an option, obviously. But I think there's also a fair chance that they might just be shedding uh, expensive contracts before. Like it's going to cost a lot of money to be setting up the Thunderdome in, which apparently they're going to be doing for the foreseeable future for tapings, um, in, and and not doing them in one spot. Uh, it's going to cost a, a, like you know a lot of money to get back on the road uh you know we don't know what the live events business looks like but it's probably not going to be as profitable immediately as it was like i think that makes perfect sense i mean like it's more but that's not as interesting as the potential of their selling so we can ignore that
0: yeah i mean it's weird because if you weren't into wrestling and you just had like a a, a bachelor in business or whatever and mm. you read these this news you'd be like well that's just good business practice you've got all these people who aren't mm. you've got you've got hundreds of wrestlers that you're not using so get rid of them although they were using Alistair black and Braun strowman and yeah, i Lana think that's
1: the i think that's got to be the strangest Ruby thing is bit <laughs> From from what I've read of spoilers, Alistair Black has been like has has redebuted in the last few weeks. He they were stu- he, uh, he yeah, spoiled a main ago. event match. He spoiled a main event match, <laughs> and on then Smackdown, the next week yeah. he was yeah. he was let go. Like that's really fascinating.
0: It's bizarre. It's bizarre. But the but all the all the stuff that they're doing from a business standpoint of, like, letting people go, like, they had two uh, social media divisions, one for TV and one for, for like, wrestling. And so, they've mm. combined those and fired a whole bunch of people. And that's awful. But that happens in businesses all the time. Consolidation happens all the time to try and increase profits for yeah. shareholders. That's how businesses work. Um, yeah. But, yeah, the wrestling side of things. So, you know, everyone's talking about Nick Khan. I think Nick Khan has been employed to, you know, make the company more eraldite as far as the financials are concerned, and he is doing that. Um, But there's it means some weird decisions are being made on the wrestling side of things, which is what we all care about as marks. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But you would – The only thing that's weird about that is you would think that they would just go through the NXT roster or, I don't know, get rid of NXT UK's roster, for example. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like if it's about money, but then I suppose these guys are probably earning more money than those kids are over in Mm -hmm. England. So who knows, man? I don't – I can't – as much as everyone is talking about it, I just can't see Vince selling the company. (laughs) You know, there's a part of me that's just I like the, the, I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I don't know.
1: I think that's right, and also like that. Look, Braun Strowman would have been earning a lot, a lot, a lot of money. Alistair Black might have been earning it was a, a million
0: dollars a year, is what's Cultaholics reported.
1: That's a lot of money. Like, I it can't see that Ruby they were paying Ruby Riot a million dollars a year. They certainly weren't paying Santana Garrett a million dollars a year. Maybe Lana was on a great contract. Like there does seem. I don't like Murphy. Doesn't seem to have been on any kind of massively special contract. No. Like It, it is. It is there. Are, it is some very strange people because they've got rid of a couple of like workers as well as, you know, a big big star. A couple star, of stars. Yeah. Like a, you know a former world champions there.
0: Yeah, it's weird. It could be the length of the contracts. Who knows? Who knows? It, mm. Things
1: are,
0: uh, from the outside in. WWE looks like. The wheels are it looks like the wheels are coming off, but uh, I'm yeah N- no one who's reporting on this stuff are experts in business, let alone wrestling business we're all just yeah. marks with a YouTube channel and <laughs> so we don't really yeah. we don't really know the inner workings of a business that size. I would be absolutely amazed uh if Vince sold this company to NBC and would actually feel. Kind of sorry for Triple H.
1: Yeah, well, I just like I just don't think like <laughs> it just doesn't really make sense. But maybe it does. Maybe that's it. Um, you know, we'll see. Maybe like you know, a lot mm-hmm. of the times when these mer these mergers happen or these sales happen, like part of that deal is that you know the current board stays on and all that kind of stuff. Like I don't think NBC is immediately going to be like okay. We're going to get Zack Snyder into like be the producer of wrestling now. I don't know why Zack Snyder was the first director that I came in. I don't think I've ever seen a Zack Snyder movie. That's not the kind of thing I would ever watch.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I have, I've watched the seven hour version of Justice League that was just released. <laughs> uh, I, man- I managed to wrangle a, a, a HBO Max. I probably shouldn't say this stuff on air in case asio come after me <laughs> anyway i watched uh, i watched uh, you know i had a vpn uh anyway yeah so i watched the Zack snyder cut the the snyder cut was released i watched it it was slightly better than uh the original justice league which means it's still a pretty terrible movie so
1: <laughs> and that's why you come on this podcast uh, uh, listeners for for our updates on the the snyder cut which i believe was six months ago <laughs> No, it
0: was like 3 months ago.
1: <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> it just takes you 3 months to watch it.
0: I watched it in three sittings. It literally goes for 4 and a bit hours.
1: Fuck, that's a lot of a lot of Batman.
0: Yeah, and oh god, it's just it's just not. <laughs> Everyone's so miserable. Everyone's so miserable being a superhero. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see miserable superheroes. The bad guys are meant to be miserable. The good guys are meant to be smiling, happy guys. That you know. ah, fuck. Anyway, speaking of things that were a bit difficult to watch, should we talk about Dynamite this week?
1: (laughs) Oof. Yeah, this was this was um, this was uh, not a very good episode of Dynamite. I've, I've, I just want to start. Look, okay, the big thing is, on Andrade- You were angry. You
0: were angry Thank last you. night when we were talking about it.
1: Look, I, I do legitimately feel angry because your, your point, and I'm going to summarise your point, even though you're right here to make it, which is that basically, like, you know, they were not going to put a marquee show on a Friday night after a pay-per-view because it wasn't going to get viewers, which is absolutely correct, but... My problem is they've got so much young talent. Why wouldn't you put all, like, mm. you know, fuck having Dustin Rhodes wrestle a guy who could be a massive star if you didn't put him on television when he's not ready to be there. He looks like mm. exactly what I want a wrestler to look like. He looks like Bruiser Brody. It's sick. He look like just looks like an animal and he can't wrestle yet. Give him six months. You don't need to put him on TV. You have Brian Pillman Jr. Do something cool with him. You've got a whole bunch of just, you know, the Butcher and the Blade. Like, if they were just like, hey, we're going to have a backyard, backlot brawl with, or a kitchen brawl with, a false count anywhere with the Butcher and the Blade and the best friends. Like, fucking sick. Like, you know, set it up somehow. You know, do something like that. But the Andrade debut First of all, doing it on a show that is intentionally not a marquee show. The night before, you had a whole conceit built around, uh, you had like literally a whole conceit built around an imaginary Joker, and you bring Leo Rush out for two and a half minutes, and you've got Andrade signed. I'm assuming he wasn't signed Monday morning. Like it anyway. Like that. That is a bizarre decision. Fine, like whatever. That's that's how they did it. Doing it with Vicky Guerrero, where the crowd is going to pop for Andrade. You can't debut a character that is this hyped by the kind of people that watch AEW as a Vicky Guerrero heel. Like it just doesn't work. People, Vicky Guerrero doesn't have heat. She doesn't have X Park heat. She has the kind of heat where people are like, oh, I'm bored right now. Like, it's not... People aren't weren't even booing her very, like, strenuously. They were just like, oh, why is Vicky Guerrero here? We hated her 10 years ago on WWE, and she was part of some of the most boring storylines. Great. And then she's debuting the most exciting person she could possibly be debuting other than CM Punk or Daniel Bryan. Like, it's absolutely absurd. They should have... Okay, so this is... I said to you, and then I'm going to stop and let you speak because I realised that now I have just spoken for seven and a half minutes. But I said to you, I was like, I've got a segment. You're going to need to write a jingle for it um, and do that. I assume, because I don't listen, I assume you do all that stuff in post-production and we have jingles for Mm -hmm. every segment and stuff. Um, Yeah, I love it when uh, you
0: come up with things that I have to do jingles for. It's (laughs) the best.
1: (laughs) So this is called... uh, With no effort, Matt rebooks debuts. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Instead of having Christian Cage come out and disappoint everyone as uh, we've signed this world-beating talent and you're going to finally see him, you know, this is a a future Hall of Famer, like a blah, 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 and have everyone be like, shit, it's CM Punk, it's CM Punk, it's CM Punk, and then have everyone be like, oh, it's, it's Christian. Cool. Christian should be a random uh, Joker debut. It would have been um, like, you would have been like, oh, shit, Christian's here. That's a really big deal. Um, Mm. You know, having him debut in that way, out of nowhere, sick. Mark Henry, they should have had, uh, I don't know, who's a big guy on their roster, Brian Cage come out and be like, I'm the strongest guy Uh, you know, there there isn't anyone stronger than me, blah, 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 blah. And then Mark Henry comes out and they're like, oh, that's our new commentator for Rampage. Like, that's a much easier way to debut him than doing the weird shit they're doing. It makes perfect sense. He doesn't need to get in the ring. He doesn't need to be in a feud. But you just get that immediate pop of, hey, that's the world's strongest man. Are we going to see Brian Cage lift him above his head and eviscerate him. Maybe. Who knows? Uh, And Andrade, it's so simple. It is so, so simple. You can have the, the exact segment as it happened with Tony Schiavone going to interview Mark Henry and, you know, Mark Henry's like, you know, there's a lot of talent around here, blah, 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 music hits. No Vicky Guerrero, just music. On Day comes out looking like a trillion dollars. The crowd actually pops because they're not like, because they obviously didn't quite hear what Vicky Guerrero actually said. Because, like, people didn't realise until he came out anyway that it was him. He comes mm-hmm. out, delivers the exact same promo where he says he's not going to be the face of Latin America anymore, he's going to be the face of AEW. And then he goes off, that's fine. You just eliminate – you don't even need the Mark Henry. You could just – he could just come out of nowhere. Who cares? Just walk he is out. Such yeah. a, he's such a big star. Like, Scott Hall just walked out. Like, have Andrade come out and sit in the audience and then jump the fence, grab the mic, and be like, hey, yo. The AEW are phenomenally bad at debuts. For, and then they, they always – write the shit. Like, they had Miro, and they debuted him as Kip Sapien's best man for his wedding that no one cared about. And now Miro's exactly what he should have been, and he's, you know, one of the biggest stars in the company. <laughs> anyway, I've got that off my chest now. We're all good. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me That's to do That's
0: good, that. man. No, I know you <laughs> needed to. I was getting that vibe last night on the on the chat, and uh, <laughs> and I don't disagree with anything you're saying. The last three... Big debuts have been done uh poorly, you know? Um
1: I mean they did <laughs> yeah. they did big they, show. they have a they habit big Ma- show by Twitter graphic <laughs>
0: you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know if the big show one was their fault necessarily because remember there were those reports about TNT cracking the shits about doing surprises and blah blah blah. But then Andrade was yeah. a surprise. <laughs> Mark mm, Henry yes, was a exactly. surprise. So who <laughs> yeah, so who knows? Uh, the Christian Cage one—that's on them, you know. Yeah. Like they, that, I feel like that's that was TK hyping up one of his favorite wrestlers of all time, and not reading yeah. the room. That everyone, of course, everyone was going to think it was fucking CM Punk. Of course, yeah. why? When you're saying it's the biggest signing of all time, it's hall hall of fame worthy. Of <laughs> course, people are going to jump to, you know what I mean? Like you can't blame us for that. You know, I mean there were people saying it
1: was John Cena. (laughs) Like it got
0: ridiculous. JFK was mentioned, John Lennon, (laughs) you know, like there were there were huge names being thrown around. Um Yeah, just by you though. It Yeah, I mean this is my fantasy book. John Lennon. Imagine John Lennon comes back as the AEW champion. (laughs) 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 Amazing. Um (laughs) <laughs> I think John would be John would cut a fucking hell of a promo. Um, I I don't like Andrade and Vicky Guerrero together. Not for the obvious reason of Vicky Guerrero is a grating character because she's meant to be like that's you know she's meant to try and get fucking blistering heat, right? I don't like it because it's like, oh, do we have any Latin American? People mm. on the roster. Oh, we've got Vicky Guerrero. All right, we'll just chuck Andrade with Andrade, does, and, then, and then Andrade cuts a promo about not just being his heritage. <laughs> he's not just his heritage. He's he's a wrestler. He's one of the best wrestlers on earth. So why is Vicky Guerrero there? Uh, you know what I mean? Like. Look, it may have been Andrade saying I want to do this with Vicky Guerrero because he was a big fan of Eddie or whatever, you know what I mean? It, it may it may be something as simple as that. But from a sto- like from a story presentation point of view, it looked it's poor. I agree with you 100%. It's poor because it's Vicky Guerrero and everyone's like, "Oh, fuck." Oh, but it's no. it's not even
1: that she gets blistering. And- if she got blistering heat, you'd be like, "Okay, like I sort of I disagree with it because he's not going to come out as a heel immediately. But people are just bored. They're just like, oh, shit. Yeah, no, absolutely.
0: Yeah, but her gimmick is meant to, you know, I mean in the sense of, like, her gimmick is meant to get blistering. It doesn't. It just makes people groan, you know. (laughs) And so you're absolutely right. It just sucks. Any energy that was in the crowd gets sucked into this vacuum, this Vicky Guerrero vacuum. And then what I think is the best signing they've done in a long time exciting you know i mean he's triple a's star you know like he's a huge fucking deal uh comes out and then like he's standing next to vicky guerrero and this sort of like uh see latin american people like it just it felt not thought out and i just and andrade's character after leaving wwe is just like I'm a very rich, cool guy. And nothing fazes mm. me. So why is he even associating with <laughs> a screaming banshee of a woman? It doesn't even make any sense from that standpoint. You know what I mean? <laughs> like uh, you're absolutely right. Like and uh, not not to downplay Leo Rush or anything, but um, Yeah, I suppose the only thing that they could argue back is if they debuted Andrade in the Battle Royale, then it's probably beneath him a little bit. And he needs to, if he's in that match, maybe he needs to win it to solidify how big a signing he is.
1: I think that's like Christian could have done that. Andrade could have, it would have been a bigger deal had Andrade come out and debuted instead of Mark Henry on the pay per view. Like just come out. Yeah. Yeah. and like, yep, absolutely. having him in the audience is is to be honest a great idea. Have him be like I'm scouting. I'm not I'm not decided where I'm going. I'm just watching to see you know, I like, hear mm. yeah, there's talent here.
0: That's like, much better. Make that the story. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> you're right, man. You're absolutely right. I wasn't disagreeing with what you were saying. I was just like, um mm. I didn't ha- I had very, very low expectations for this week. Because I was like, it's, you know, it's on the backlots of a Friday night. <laughs> and I'd seen the card, you know, it was fucking Nightmare Factory versus the Nightmare, what are they called? Nightmore, Nightmare Nightmore? It's the Nightmore the, the, the- Collective versus the, I can't even say <laughs> their fucking names, I'm so bored, versus the Factory I, throughout the whole night. So I was like, uh, you know, there was a part of me that was a bit like, for the first time ever, I have to watch Dynamite. Which is a bit sad.
1: <laughs> how? How seriously? How is this feud still going on? And like, has
0: there's two feuds has- though? There's two. There's two storylines going on <laughs> within the feud.
1: <laughs> we just had to watch QT Marshall wrestle again.
0: Oh fuck me!
1: And the worst thing was, not only did Cody win and defeat a Gogo, so Cody's defeated QT. He defeated mm-hmm. the GoGo, and then he and yeah. a uh, then they go for another match post the pay per view, and Cody wins by disqualification. Yeah, <laughs> <I
0: don't laughs> what
1: know. the fuck? And then I don't Dustin know. Rhodes beats up the young guy that they're supposed to be putting over. Do they think there's like big future money in fucking seventy two year old Dustin Rhodes?
0: Yeah, I and mean, he got like. It just sounds like such an old boys club when you got Jim and Tony fucking banging on about how great it is to see Dustin Rhodes in the main event. You're just like, "Ah, oh, f- would you all fuck off and die?" So I, I don't want if them to die. I don't want I don't want anyone to die. But like I, I just, you know, it's so you're right, it's so frustrating. Like I wasn't getting as, as frustrated as you were, but it was it was a really frustrating show to watch because you do think of I mean, Ricky Starks is injured at the moment. Ray Phoenix is injured at the moment. Uh, it is on a Friday night at 10 p.m. So yeah, there are circumstances that probably, you know, can be used to justify having dust and having gold dust versus. Uh, I can't, I can never remember the guy's Nick name. Nick Comoroto. Be- Comoroto, that's right. I really need to chisel that into my fucking subconscious so I can remember it because I can never remember Not the it. way AEW were um,
1: booking him, you don't.
0: Well, that's the thing, yeah. I I keep saying to you, if QT was replaced by Dustin, this would be an okay feud, right? Like, if it was Cody versus Dustin, but they have already kind of done that.
1: But they've also just, the storyline of this, if the storyline was the same, it would be Cody constantly defeating clearly wrestlers he's better than. He's like mm. it's, it's not a it's not like all oh, shit. Is this person gonna like? How did Cody beat Anthony Agogo? How does that help anyone?
0: It doesn't. It doesn't help anyone at all.
1: Like let and him it beat. Just... Let him beat QT. Like great. He should beat QT. If he's losing to QT, if anyone's losing to QT, they shouldn't be there. Mm. But that's because QT shouldn't be there.
0: Yeah. The, 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 if, if a go go had won at double or nothing, then the feud could continue, right? Mm. Because the bad guy has won, uh, hopefully in some sort of dastardly way. And then Cody has to avenge that wrong, you know? <laughs> but mm. in this scenario, Cody has won and then has gone back and gone, I have to wrestle you again. This isn't over. And this is the theme throughout this whole episode that I think was actually kind of a bit, like, at the time I was watching and you were pointing it out to me, I was like, eh, I don't know, man. I don't know if it's that bad, my usual line to everything. (laughs) And then the more (laughs) I thought about it, the more I was like, actually, it is a bit shit because we had, like, throughout the whole episode, like, there was that, the, the feud that should have been over but for some reason is continuing on and then wasn't even addressed. So there was no promos or anything from anyone saying why they're still fighting each other besides the fact of this isn't over, you know. It's like, well, that's not enough. That's not enough story to keep something going along is that people just don't, like, sometimes in wrestling you do have to tell on top of showing, you know. (laughs) Like sometimes you need to explain what's happening and that just wasn't done in that angle. The other angle was the Pinnacle versus Inner Circle uh, feud, which I don't necessarily have a problem with it continuing on. It's obviously going to go to a mat- like a singles match between MJF and Jericho, which we can get to in a second. But what was poor about last night, as far as I was concerned, is why the fuck were the Inner Circle cutting that promo? The Inner Circle won Stadium Stampede. They're in the box seat and they're the baby faces. So why do they come out dressed like aces and eights, which is hmm. bothering me? Uh, and then cut a promo saying, This isn't over. I don't <laughs> that makes no sense. The inner circle like if you're gonna continue the feud, the inner circle need to come out and fire that first shot. You know what I mean? The, the pandemic. Like,
1: yeah.
0: What did I say? The inner, circle. the inner circle, the pinnacle, but needs the, to come out. Like
1: the, <laughs> you guys know that. You're, you're absolutely right, but the but the, the part of the problem is if we are going towards a Jericho MJF match. First of all, we've seen that. Look, Je- like Jericho is probably the greatest of all time uh, from an entertainment perspective, from a creative perspective. Um, physically, he can't give you a thirty minute classic, like you know his best match in a not anymore no all all his best matches have been sort of gimmicky heavily gimmicked matches or matches where he's been protected pretty heavily mjf's not the mjf's the best heel in in the world at the moment but it's not like he is a young buck style heel where you like i want to watch him wrestle like mjf could exist as a manager and be equally as effective um the mm,
0: yeah, it the, doesn't the, he doesn't wrestle that much. That's the thing.
1: The uh, having that war games is traditionally the end of a feud. Um, this might be the first time ever that war games hasn't ended a feud historically, which is actually kind of fine. Like, it, you know, after that blood and guts match, I was like, I'm not like this feud shouldn't be over. Stadium stampede probably should have ended this feud. Uh. The inner circle probably should should have broken up. I think we spoke about it before the pay-per-view where we were sort of like, look, like it's time for Santana and Ortiz to go and be, mm. you know, as good as they can be in the tag team division. It's time for Sammy Guevara to go be a star. It's time for Jake Hager to fuck off. Um, it's time for Jericho to do something interesting and different. And, you know, it is a bit like... Sometimes these things do... get Like, this story has been playing out now with MJF joining the inner circle now for a very, very long time. And that's great. But it is starting to get a bit tired and they're starting to get fewer and fewer excuses. Uh, Like, you know, I I would have expected that this bit... I agree that the pinnacle would have come out, said, thank you for showing us our weak link, planted Sean Spears debuted fucking on dry day as part of the pinnacle like or something like had someone come out as part of the pinnacle <laughs> uh, yeah
0: yeah yeah
1: and then and then said you know we're not finished you've you know you 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 got one on us you got one on someone who's not even in the pinnacle anymore well, let's go
0: yeah and then I, you have one i agree with that yeah i agree with that um Or if you were going to do this promo with the inner circle, it's when Chris turns around to the other guys and says, hey, I need to do this on my own. I need to go up Mm. to MJF on my own. You know what I mean? And then it does become about Chris and MJF rather than, Mm.
1: you know. Which would be like promo wise one of the best, like it would be great. But we have have seen it now for a long time.
0: But again, like, um, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they would just, <laughs> I don't know. The only... It's weird. I have a lot of trust in TK, so I don't, mm. I'm not like, you know, I'm just like, ah, this was, it felt like watching a Dark Elevation episode. The, the That's only, what this episode thing, felt like to
1: me. The only thing I can think of with the Inner Circle is that we're about to get a trios title if Ray Fenix is, like, they basically said they're getting, you know, we've got a lot of, big teams, they've implied they're going to put a trios title on for Rampage. If Ray Fenix is still injured and they don't want to give that trios title to Death Triangle, maybe they're going to give it to Santana Ortiz and Sammy Guevara. Like, that makes perfect sense yeah. to me as a, you know, inner circle trios. Um, the, the only other thing I wanted to say about this episode, you might have have more. We, we haven't pre pre caucused on this one. Um, Eddie Kingston is by far, like, if he... If there had have been uh, if there had have been uh, crowds for the last six months, there's a decent chance Eddie Kingston would be champion and would have unseated Kenny Omega because he is so so phenomenally over. He's over in the way, like I, every time he comes out, every time he does anything, I'm shocked by how crazily over he is. Uh, hmm. And he's over in the way that I thought, like you know, Orange, Orange Cassidy's really really over. I thought he was going to be getting the Eddie Kingston blast, but it just seems like Eddie is it. And also, to be fair, Eddie's got the story of being at the end of his career. And, you know, this is, he, he's, no one believed in him and he's made it. And that's a hmm. really great thing for people to connect to. And, you know, there is a oh, desperation absolutely. about, like Orange Cassidy's going to be around for the next 20 years. Eddie Kingston doesn't have that in the ring. Um, you know, there's a desperation I think from people, and just a joy, like a genuine joy when he comes out. It's like it's like how mm. Stone Cold when he came out, people were just like, "Yes, shit, yes." You just know Eddie's <laughs> going to do something cool.
0: Sam Steve Austin. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I I love Eddie. It's weird because on NWA Power when he was on, I was like, oh, this guy's." There was a spark or something, but I never really. Like Ricky, St- think- like, Ricky Starks was on at the same time, and I was like, oh, Ricky Starks is a fucking star. And I just didn't see that with Eddie Kingston.
1: Uh, when Eddie Kingston so, debuted, yeah, just completely I completely missed it. When he, when he debuted, I remember you on, on the podcast were like- I was like, oh, this is your guy from NWA Power. And you're like, oh, like, he's, he's, he's all right, but he's not who I would be necessarily, you know, putting on to dynamite straight from power, like, if I could pick anyone. And, you know- hmm. So obviously so he wasn't what he That's is so now. <laughs> oh, so, but, I mean at that point, you only had
0: anything in wrestling.
1: <laughs> You only had the evidence that you had, like you know. Yeah, but still I was just... very very
0: wrong. So I'll go on record and own that, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't not, mean I'm this happy. to be a shame. I didn't mean this no, to be No, 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 but
0: I'm dude, I'm I'm happy to own it, but I um but I'm happy for him and I'm happy for AEW. Like it's another uh self, you know, it's a it's a AEW made star in Eddie Kingston, right? And I think he's a perfect embodiment of what AEW is all about. It it's yeah. a place where people like Eddie Kingston can get over if they do the work and people connect with them. And it and it's it's what makes watching AEW so exciting. Even even if there is the occasional show like last night's where it's like eh uh, Seeing that pop for Eddie Kingston, seeing Andrade debut was enough for it to still be seven hundred million thousand times better than watching Raw. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I will be interested to see what they do with Eddie because the everyone has almost like just set in stone that the the championship storyline is that Kenny collects every belt on the face of the planet and then Hangman Page is our Lord and Savior and comes and saves us from Kenny Omega, right? That seems to be the long-term storytelling. So how Eddie fits into that, because you probably do want to get that massive, dare I say it, mankind moment when mm, Eddie Kingston is
1: what it is, yeah.
0: wins the championship, right? Um, I see a lot of Mick Foley in Eddie Kingston uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I would love that moment. Everyone would love that moment, man. But I think he would probably want to wait until it was a big stadium. You're going to get that pop, um, and for it to be a legitimate thing for Eddie as well, not just like a sort of charity title reign where he has it for a week. Or that's you know that's a a New York way of booking people. I don't think AEW will do that to him. So it'll be interesting to see how they do it because there's a lot of people at the top of that card who probably. Um, not need, but you would want to put the belt on at some point. But Kenny's doing such a good job as being, you know, 80s Ric Flair. <laughs> um in a in a very new and interesting way. Mm. Uh with Hangman chasing. Do you want to keep that going? So yeah. I don't know what they'll do with Eddie Man. Um, but he's fucking over, so they gotta do something with him at the top of the card at some point. But uh mm. I'm not sure what and I can't I don't have any fantasy booking for him I I don't I don't know cuz I don't want to do him wrong you know to speak yeah, in Eddie's language. I think language.
1: that's the I think we just want to let Eddie Kingston do whatever Eddie Kingston wants to do and it will be good
0: Yeah man Yeah and Eddie Kingston prime like you know
1: th- that instead of a
0: 15 minute Cody and Anthony Gogo match just let Eddie talk for 15 minutes <laughs> Yeah seriously <laughs> Yeah Um, do you want to, before we close out, do you want to talk about Brit's, uh, weird
1: promo? Um, yeah, look, let's, let's do that. So, so this was the other thing where it's sort of like, yes, they're not going to put on a marquee show, but the, this was, this was not, you can still have good creative and, you know, Brit Baker is so good, uh, Hmm. Having Nyla Rose be the first champion and sort of think Brit's not worthy of the belt, that's a fine storyline. Having Nyla Rose throwing hamburgers, uh, it, it wasn't done well. It wasn't funny. Uh, no. It, you know, popping balloons. Like, it just it looked like shit. Like, why wouldn't she have planted Brit and planted Rebel? And, you know, <laughs> it just... It was just nonsense and it was bad creative. And the second time we saw Vicky Guerrero, (laughs) um, and yeah, I was really, Mm -hmm. I was very disappointed because I was, I was, when I looked at the card, they, you know, pre announced this is Britt Baker's championship celebration. I was like, great, this will be good. And it wasn't. So that was disappointing.
0: Hmm. Uh, This was the most worrying piece of booking on the whole show for me like even more than Cody and Agogo because I think eventually that will dissipate, that will go away. Cody will want to wrestle good people. (laughs) Um, And I think (laughs) the intentions with the Agogo stuff is deep down honourable, even if Cody can't see past himself at the moment. They are trying to put people over. This this segment felt like Raw. You know, like, you've yeah. got the table with the fucking Big Macs on there for no fucking reason. Obviously, you know, Chekhov's Big Mac just sitting there. And then, <laughs> uh, you know, and then, like, you've got the whole roster of Dark Elevation, you know, like, every, every fucking D-grade wrestler, on, you know, just hanging around one very tired, shitty-looking thing of balloons. Like, it just, that stuff. That's the That kind of booking is the kind of shit that when people who are either LAPS fans or aren't fans watch wrestling and they see that stuff, that's when they go, this is fucking dumb and walk yeah. away. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of things about wrestling that are dumb, but this is dumb and shit. And I want yeah. AEW to stay as far. I felt like I was watching Raw from six or seven years ago. It felt like fucking, I mean, it's not as bad, but it felt like uh, that. this is your life. You know Alexa Bliss Bailey, this is your life segment type shit, where it's just like, or you know Miro and um, or Rusev and Lana and the wedding and all that kind of like it, it's it's not funny and and also like the other really bad thing about it is that the person that this whole thing censors around is your new star, mm. like she's she she will most likely be the face of the company. Everyone loves Britt Baker. She's a gorgeous looking woman. She's funny. She's amazing in the ring. Her creative is great. She's driven. She doesn't break character. Like, she's phenomenal. And to put her in this bullshit Bruce Pritchard, Vince McMahon, shitty fucking piece of booking really worried me. Like really worried me. It's like, how is this infiltrating its way into AEW? I don't want, I don't want to see anything like this on AEW ever again. This was abysmal, abysmal. Yeah. When like, okay, yeah, maybe the the opposite is a little bit more boring, but it's better. Mm. Britt comes out and she's talking about how she's the fucking best. DMD, her and Rebel are dancing around, fucking being assholes to Tony and shit. And then Nyla just comes down and is a beast. And beast mm. brit. You know what I mean? That's it. That's it. Yep. That's all, that's all that needed to happen in that segment. No Big Macs, no fucking Hollywood hunk, none of that shit. No tired mm. looking balloons being popped. I really, this this was the mo- this was the thing from the whole show. Of a show where there were a few like head scratching moments where this was like, oh, this is I don't like this at all. I don't like this mm. at all, and, and another another sort of mark against the booking of the girls in AW, you know, like not. I'm not trying to make it into a gender war thing, but it just, it just feels like no thought has gone into it. It's been made up on the spot, kind of thing, you know. Mm. It feels like bad improv. That's that's what this segment felt like, <laughs> and uh, Brits, but way better than that, man. She is way a down. platinum star, and she needs to be treated as such. And the way to tarnish stars in wrestling is to put them in fucking segments like this. Yep. Uh, anyway, now that we- <laughs> we've got all of that off our chest. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I know we try we try and be positive most of the time, but this, this episode, it's been a weird week news-wise, and this episode was not good. Mm. And we've got to be honest. We can't be total marks all the time.
1: Yes, agreed.
0: Otherwise you guys won't trust us so you just won't listen. You'll just be like, oh well those two, they fucking they love the Brit ba- Baker segment. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that'd be the moment where everyone would stop
1: Which listening. you can you can usually say that as just a thing that we would just love the Brit Baker segment, but yeah. Yeah. Not this anyway, time.
0: look, the one thing we have learned so far from the empirical evidence of watching every Dynamite intrinsically and then talking about it for at least an hour every week mm. is that Tony doesn't usually let us down two weeks in a row. Um, That's I tr- just As I was saying to you last night, I am a little concerned that this playoffs uh, run, like NBA playoffs run for Dynamite... It's just going to be a bit hard to watch. I don't think they're going to put as much effort in. I don't think it's going to be booked as well um, for the next few weeks, and I think, unfortunately, we'll just have to suck that up as fans.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Well, maybe we'll uh, think of something fun to do uh, if, if the next episode's not good. We'll yeah, think, the next we'll think of
0: something we'll, we'll talk about something else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's leave it there. Um, thanks for supporting us, brother friends. Um, you can subscribe and get all of our shows. Tell a friend on social media. You can follow us there, like our good friends RJ City, Dan House, and Warhorse, uh, Luigi Primo, uh, Zicky Dice, uh, all those guys. Uh, don't know what we're talking about? Follow us on Twitter and find out. And uh, until next week, brother friends, Hulk Hogan can
1: go to hell. <laughs>
0: All right.